Hello, heroes. Welcome to Modifier. I'm your host, Megan Dornbrock. Hey, heroes. This week, I'm so excited to have Alex Roberts as my guest to talk about her game that we've been referring to as Tension. It's a thrilling two-player RPG about emotional tension in a relationship that uses a Jenga tower to really amplify that experience. It began as a hack of dread, but as Alex explains, it became even bigger than that. I always love talking to Alex, but I'm especially glad to have had the opportunity to hear more about this game, because it's something that may be a little intimidating by just the elevator pitch. I hope you'll stick around to hear more about it and get just as excited as I am to try it out. Also, if you're listening to this in time, Alex and I are both at Dreamation in Morristown, New Jersey this very weekend, the 22nd through the 25th. And I know Alex has tension with her, and it should be available to play through Games on Demand. Or if you want to just chat with either of us, that's good, too. Let's get to the show. So joining me this week is Alex Roberts. Hello. Hello. Hi, Alex. (laughs) We're going to talk about her game, Tension. Uh uh, Hi, I'm glad that you're here. I'm really, really glad to be here. I was like really kind of super delighted when you invited me on. I was like, oh boy, we're going to be on the same show. Get to be interviewed. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be on the same show for maximum confusion. Um, (laughs) It's the crossover event that you've been waiting for. Can we upload it into the talking tabletop stream and just just blow everyone's mind? Boggle everyone's mind. Oh my God. We should have just done this as like a double length. (laughs) double header yeah. and then put it on both shit. Ch- no, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, that actually, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit in case anybody oh, doesn't right. know where you're from or why we're making these horrible <laughs> yeah, jokes? Yeah, in case any of that made no sense whatsoever. My name mm-hmm. is Alex Roberts. I do a show on the One Shot Network called Backstory, where I interview game designers and also um, other people who are doing cool stuff with role-playing, whether it's tabletop or live action. Uh, so that has included... Yeah, designers, scholars, uh, people doing community organizing, all that kind of stuff. And I just have them on and ask them about like their gaming lives, what they give to the community, what they hope to see the community or in the community, and uh, yeah, what they're working on. Um, it tends to be like sort of a cozy fireside chat, but also like very much an interview. (laughs) I'm realizing the more I listen to other people's interview shows, I'm like, oh, these are just like really nice conversations. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, they they are. They're they're wonderful. And I know Backstory gets billed a lot as like, oh, it's the one that talks more about LARPs. But like, there's so much more stuff that goes on with the folks that you talk to. It's amazing. It is actually kind of, um, I tend to bring on people who I at least know like a little bit or, you know, at least I know their work, but, uh, you know, in every episode, I definitely learn a lot about the person and sometimes I learn very surprising things, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is my favorite thing, obviously. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. I am. Thank you. I almost missed it. I I don't ride the train often enough now to like to be listening to backstory on the train because there's always those moments where I'm just like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) gotta be cool. Gotta be cool. I'm on a train. (laughs) Yeah. But they just revealed some very uh some information that's um. (laughs) It's a good show. (laughs) It is a good show. Thank you. Um. So yeah. So I I do that show, but I also um I work for I've worked for a couple game companies. Right now I'm working for Bully Pulpit Games Mm -hmm. as their production manager or production coordinator. I forget what it says on my business card. And uh, so that's really fun. And I also write for a lot of indie RPGs. Um. And I uh I help organize conferences sometimes. Right now I am co-organizing the Living Games conference, which is like the scholarly North American LARP uh, convention or conference that is happening in May in Boston. So you should totally go and more, uh, learn more about that. Mm -hmm. If you're a LARP person or if you, I don't know, want to be. Yeah. So I kind of have my fingers in a lot of pies. I do a lot of really fun stuff. Oh, and I'm a designer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is the meat of this episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's very cool. I, I didn't know about the living games thing. And then, uh, 
And some of the games that I know you've written for, we have talked about on the show before, like Damn the Man, Save the Music, yeah. and Misspent Youth. Yeah, I was thinking of so. those two, actually. I know you just had them one not too long ago. Yeah. Oh, and Sig. I know you have a Oh, yeah, that's right. Sig you had Jason Pitt on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I am very proud of my piece in Sig. It's a beautiful book, and I... I really feel like it I is. contributed a beautiful thing to it. Makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about your thing. Okay. Your, your beautiful thing. I'll allow it. <laughs> Create it. All right, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so what is tension? What is, what is this game? Tension is the two player role playing game, Jenga based role playing game of forbidden love. So you and one other person play two people who really, really, really want to, but really, really, really can't. Mm. So in other words, there's some kind of relationship that you have and there's some kind of relationship that you want to have. And those two are in many ways very close, but in ultimately very, very far apart. So you get to play out a kind of a classic will they or won't they thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you get to amp up the tension between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as you are doing that, as you do things that sort of increase the attraction between the two of you, uh, you pull bricks from a Jenga tower. Um, so the tower grows more and more precarious over the course of the game. And then when it falls, you act on your feelings, whatever that means. And, oh. Yeah. And depending on how many bricks you've pulled, that could be a good thing or a bad thing or a you know, seems like a good thing, but really probably long-term isn't, or yeah, just not the right time or yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of different ways that it can end and, uh, it can be really sweet and really tragic and really wholesome and really sexy or yeah, it, it really kind of goes all over the place. I can't believe the directions that people have taken it in. Um, yeah, that's, that's the game really. Cool. What kind of experience are you hoping people have with it? It sounds like the stuff that is coming out of it is really all over the place or all over the map, but. Yeah. Um, there are things that are important to me. You know, uh, when I either read a play report or ideally get to see people play the game and seeing the different like genres and the different characters and kinds of stories, um, are, th that's neat. But what mm -hmm. I need to be consistent and what I really want to always be there is a set of emotional reactions. So when I see people giggling, for example, uh, I like that. Um, when mm. I see people uh, scrunch their shoulders up, right? Like they just, oh mm. no, um, I really like to see that. Um, if I see people put their hands over their mouths, mm -hmm. which is a kind of a strange nonsensical action to take when there's just a Jenga tower in front of you. Uh, that to me is like, okay, nailed it. I, okay, good. Perfect. That's exactly the experience I want that person to have. Some people, um, you can't see what I'm doing right now, but people like sort of put their fingers in their hair and kind of like hold onto it for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, basically my, my design is like feelings first. I want people to feel nervous and agitated and a little bit uncomfortable, but in a way that they find exciting and fun. Um, I don't want people to feel nervous or uncomfortable in a way that makes them feel sad or uh, um, like someone else is in control and not them. I want yeah. them to feel like, yeah, like there's something that they really kind of mm. want to happen, but they also kind of don't, but they definitely do, but they really don't, but they <laughs> They shouldn't, but they must, you know, I want that kind of conflict to be going on inside them. And there are lots of different ways that people express that, but you'd be surprised mm -hmm. how often you can see it in the hands and the mouth. <laughs> oh, that's cool. How many of these play tests have you gotten to watch firsthand? Oh my God. I have. So, I mean, it's a two player game. You don't need a GM, mm -hmm. right? No facilitator mm -hmm. required, but it, uh, you can get set up a little bit faster and it's just a little bit easier to understand if you have me personally, obviously, like explaining it to you, uh, mm -hmm. just instead of reading the rules, basically. And I have gotten the chance to do this many, many, many times. Uh, pretty much every convention I go to, I always try to run at least two sessions of it. And I've gotten mm -hmm. to the point where I can kind of run like two 
concurrent sessions at one table. So I'll usually get like at least four in over the course of a con. And I go to like oh, wow. almost, almost a con every month. Um, cause that's my lifestyle mm-hmm. it's business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and then on top of that, like I've run it for people that I know, right. It's very easy cause it's two player. I can just sit down with anybody, um, anybody yeah. who I feel comfortable playing that kind of like content with, um, which is close friends and cute people and you know, whatever. And, uh, so I, so I've gotten to play it a lot, facilitate it a lot. So I'm, I'm very, very lucky actually that I've gotten to do a ton in person, but I'm also like, I'm also a sucker for giving out the really, really, really early, like playtest version. I had a playtest version going around for a while. And so I, I got a lot of play reports from people as well. And I love that. I found that really interesting. But yeah, wow, nothing compared to to getting to watch it in person. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I can I can just see you gleefully in the corner with your notebook. Just... I know. And it's like you don't wanna <laughs> you don't wanna like influence the process or you know, it's it's mm-hmm. better to just see how people naturally react and, you know, just do what they do. It's it's all important feedback, you know, so you can like alter your design to get to that place you want it to be. But oh my god, like I can't help but just giggle a little bit and just, you know, kind of squirm a little bit. And, you know, especially when that tower starts to get really, really precarious, like everybody just reacts in such a physical way to that thing. Even people walking by, you know, um, when that when there's a, a shaky tower that people see, you know, there are there are physiological changes that take place. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, physiology feeds into um, uh, affect, right? Which feeds into physiology and it's it's a loop right so that's why it's really fun to design a game that gives people (laughs) feelings in their body yeah and you mentioned that it it revolves around this jenga tower yes Uh, and some heroes will know that dread does a similar thing it is it revolves around it's a horror game that revolves around a jenga tower and my understanding is tension started out as a pretty straightforward dread hack, right? Yeah, absolutely. When I first played dread, which I feel like must have been like four, maybe five years ago, mm-hmm. um, I it was one of the first like the one of the first RPGs I ever really just like absolutely loved. Um, we played Beneath a Metal Sky, which is the sort of like space horror, like alien mm-hmm. kind of dead space thing. And oh my God, I was completely in love with it. And I was just like, yeah, just one of those like mind blown kind of moments. And I thought, oh, this is great. I can't wait until someone comes up with the the playset where instead of horror, it would just be like sexual tension, you know, like mm-hmm. um, to me, that just made perfect sense. Like, oh, great. That'll be good when someone does that. Um, but then nobody did. And the years continued to pass. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I could just like quickly kind of rewrite the rules. Um, cause the, mm. the rules of dread are like, I think it, it's something that can be expanded upon and like perfected. And I think part of the mm. reason why people are still really, really drawn to that game and they keep running it over and over again is because it running, it kind of can't be perfected and you can always do slightly different things with it. But the mm-hmm. basic rules, like the inviolable rules of Dread, are super simple and, and you know, they could be on, on one sheet of paper. So I thought, oh, perfect. I will just like change one or two of those words and, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll have like the sexy Dread. But the more that I played with it, that was like, oh, that doesn't quite work though, because you, you know, um, hmm, would it have to be two player? Could it be three? Maybe it could be more player. Oh, no, that doesn't work. Oh, I don't want it to be competitive. Oh, I don't want it to, you know, so it just mm-hmm. it, oh, tweak after tweak after tweak after tweak. And then all of a sudden it feels like something completely different. And this was yeah. happening over years where my, my world of RPGs was expanding so much. And so all of a sudden, you know, I would run into a game like Kagamatsu mm-hmm. um, or hot guys making out or a place to fuck each other or, gosh, uh, so many games that I was just like, oh, okay, well, I need to have a bunch of things from this in it too. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I I would just kind of like keep, I don't know, it was like a Katamari kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> where I'm just like rolling this project along and things are sticking to it and making it more amazing and powerful. And so now it's, it's uh, I, I, I can't even quite call it a dread hack because I just feel like that 
sounds like a promise that, hey, if you like Dread, you'll love this. And I don't know if mm-hmm. I can say that <laughs> at this point. <laughs> like, you, mm-hmm. that will be a very different emotional experience for you, I think. Yeah. Still, still a little terrifying to some players, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But, oh, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Some people are really, really scared to play my game and they tell me that. Um, And they tell me that either in like a very kind of sweet and vulnerable way or in like a kind of mean way where they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. People are like, oh, you know, how how could you play that with anyone? Like, how could you play that with anyone who you like weren't in a really close relationship with? Or like, you know, how could you play an RPG about something like that? Or you know, whatever it is. And usually if you engage with those people, then it's like, oh, okay, you're just, you're very afraid and we can talk about that. And I can tell you about experiences that I've had playing or, or people who I've seen playing it. And, and then they're like, oh, neat, cool. Well, you know, maybe I would like to play that with someone I was really close to. I'm like, yeah, you know, everybody to their level of comfort. Right. Uh, So, so yeah, people are really afraid to play it. And I'm really, Hmm. you know, speaking of like games that have really influenced it, Oh my gosh, this game could not exist without uh, Emily Carabas's Breaking the Ice, which is mm. like the foundational two-player romantic role-playing game that I know from talking to her. So many people when she was working on this game and, and publishing it were just like, that is not okay. Like people were just being like, yeah, that's not something to make a game out of. And that, it, okay, Breaking the Ice is like a super cute, like, two people go on their first three dates that that's the premise of it um, oh oh yeah, yeah. Good. thank you i haven't played it oh so. oh my gosh it's it's really wonderful it's really just like really nicely allows you to calibrate like how intense you want the game to be and you can it, okay. in just a very kind of easy comfortable way and so like very often you just end up with these like really cute kind of like first date sort of rom-com stories that are mm-hmm. just really darling um, I, I got to play it and yeah, I, I, I can't even get into it. It was just really sweet. I, I had a really wonderful time and, uh, it's a game I, I play again in a heartbeat. Um, I have it. I have the, the romance trilogy. Mm, yeah. 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 I, I trust her. Uh, yeah, right. Right. So, um, so it's, but, but anyway, it, it gives me so much like reassurance to know that, okay, that's a great game and not just a good game, but also like a really, um, influential game that is like really well respected and that you know had an influence on our, on so many things that came after it. And so, if whenever people are like, "Oh, how could you play that game? What could? Oh, that seems kind of you know inappropriate or whatever." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Okay, well, people gave so much more shit to Emily Kerboss, and she <laughs> made her game. So, whatever, don't care." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, it's it's so interesting that we. I guess game players kind of on a, as a whole are much more willing to accept horror and murder yeah. and yeah. all of that as, as, oh, it's just a game. It's just fiction, whatever. Then yeah. Something like tension then or like, yeah, I'm like <laughs> having an emotional connection with somebody. Like that's the scariest thing we can think of. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was just, I, I I just played this LARP recently that involves handholding. Like you play these mm. aliens who like when they get married, they like they hold they fuse via their hands. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really cute. Uh it's a sad LARP in many ways. Um, but but it, it was nice. It's called uh Praying for the End of the Time by Chad Wolf. Um mm-hmm. but anyway, but I thought about it and I thought, you know, some people would be really afraid to play this LARP because holding somebody's hand can feel really scary, like depending on who that is, right? Yeah. And that is so funny because so many LARPs are like hitting each other with objects <laughs> and like uh-huh. shooting each other with like Nerf guns or in some cases like paintball guns. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like, and, and people who do buffer LARPs are, are, are total like safety nuts and they know what they're doing and there's rules and people have rules about like headshots and uh, armor or whatever. But still mm-hmm. like, Okay, hitting each other with with sticks, hmm, one thing, but like uh-huh. holding someone's hand, dun dun yeah. dun. What is our safety procedure here? Like klaxons firing. It, <laughs> it's definitely funny. How do how do we do this? So, does tension have, um, I guess, both 
you were mentioning how Emily Carabas's game kind of let you calibrate, I guess, how intense you wanted it to be. Um, so does tension have that and, and any other like safety mechanics? Yes. I would say that tension, what, well, I mean, what I've, what I've tried, uh, to accomplish with tension is to have a game that rather than like also having this sort of negotiation portion is a constant ongoing negotiation. And, uh, I'll, I'll let, I don't know, I'll, I'll let people tell me if, if that's the case and if I've succeeded, but, so this game uses the X card, which I imagine a lot of your listeners are familiar with, um, mm-hmm. which is the sort of like, depending on who you explain it to, they will either say like backspace key or safe word, but they're, those are both perfectly kind of legit um, explanations. Yeah. It's, it's the no, 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 no card. It's the, yeah. let's just take that right out, shall we? Um, so that is there. And that is your sort of like, you know, uh, just a little card on the table. You can tap to say, let's get, let's get rid of that. And mm-hmm. that is a super useful thing. I have used it on people um, when they just brought up either um, situations or content that I just wasn't super into. I have had people yeah. tap the card at me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that is a gift that I'm very thankful for. I mean, wouldn't you rather someone tap the card at you than let you like go yeah. on with this stuff that was making them super uncomfortable until they just like, I don't know how to break yeah. down or something <laughs> like Oh, yeah. Thank you to everyone who's used the X card. Uh, so yeah, so that is there, but also the structure of the game is such that, you know, at the very beginning you say, okay, who are we? Who, who are these two people who are close together, right? They've been brought together by some kind of circumstance and yet they can't be together together, right? What has drawn them together and what is keeping them apart? So mm-hmm. we're the only two researchers on this space station that's just the two of us and some robots. Mm-hmm. So we're obviously very together. What's keeping us apart? Maybe we ha- are in monogamous marriages and our spouses are back on Earth. Uh, maybe we are two different species of alien who are like sworn enemies. We could never be together. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe one of us is a robot and the other one is a person and like, there are so many social taboos against that. And it maybe it's even kind of a little bit like morally wrong actually. Uh, mm. Or I don't know. I mean, there could be so many things, right? There, mm-hmm. um, it could just be that we're in some kind of Starfleet esque thing and uh, you know, no fraternizing amongst the ranks. So, and that's just one setup. Uh, so you're from the very, very get go. There's no, there's no kind of like default, like here's your story. It's mm-hmm. what sounds interesting to you and, mm. uh, and what doesn't. So that is not a separate question in this game from what are you comfortable with and what are you okay with? Like, I don't want people to just play with what they are, what they consider baseline. Okay. I want everybody to come up with a story that they are like, so stoked about. Right. I want some enthusiastic consent. And that that's how it's explained in the rules. Like find something that the two of you that that makes you the two of you just go like, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. You should be the person who is, you know, the only human on the station. And I'll be like, Hal, but not evil. I'll be kind of charming and delightful, (laughs) you know, or whatever it is. It should be something that makes you both just go like. Ooh, that's scintillating. Ooh, I love that. There's so much there. That's really mm-hmm. cool. So let's go on. Uh, and, and that should happen at, at, while you're playing, right? When, in your, when you're in the middle of the scene and you're, whatever it is, the, <laughs> I'm having trouble thinking of one for the human and the hell. Um, but let's say you're two mages who are like studying at magic school. And while you're at magic school, you're not supposed to. Um, mm-hmm. have feelings for each other, like a Jedi must not know love type situation. Um, <laughs> you know, I want the two, I want the two players to be going like, oh, let's have a scene where we're like studying together and we're uh-huh. studying, uh, fire magic. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. So we're like lighting these fires and it's like really, um, hot. So we're like sweating a little bit and you have to like do all these weird hand movements with fire movement, like whatever it is. I want both people to be going, Oh yeah, that's great. That sounds really fun. That sounds really cool. And I want everyone to be able to go like, 
oh no, mind control magic. Uh, that's I'm not comfortable with that. Let's let's back that mm -hmm. up. How about instead we do like uh, water magic, and we're like doing these cool water bendy things and making cool water imagery. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really like beautiful and cool. Something something that's fun to describe. So anyway, so I'm throwing out all these like examples, but the yeah. the point is just that like for me, I don't I don't want. I, I want a very, very smooth kind of like, I want a very natural relationship between content that I'm between uh, managing content in a way that is fun for me and managing content in the way that feels like I'm managing my sort of like emotional safety and yeah. like levels of appropriateness that I'm okay with. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the game is very unobtrusive in that way. Like it's there <laughs> to support exactly whatever it is that the players want to do. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. my goal. That's, that's my like ultimate goal. And, you know, as I'm sort of like working on the final draft of the text right now, that's what I, like, I know the game is solid. People have a good time when they play, but right now that's where I have to be like, okay, am I, am I really giving people those tools? Like, am I really, putting that in people's hands, do they need to already know how to negotiate that kind of stuff? Because if so, then I think that's unfair of me as a designer. Like I want to, I want to be able to just hand you this text and be like, this is how you have a conversation about here's what I want and don't want and have a fun mm -hmm. story, a fun experience. Nice. That's awesome. I am excited to read this. Um. <laughs> Yay. I haven't, I haven't played but uh, oh, I also haven't not, played Dread. Really tension? Mm -mm. That's kind of wild. Yet. Yeah, considering we're like we hang out at cons. Yeah, I know we're always. <laughs> now Jenga freaks me out a little, but I will get over it. What? Okay, what do you mean by that? Um, I think it's a little bit the like this. This is not exciting podcasting. Um, mm -hmm. it's a little bit like this. The towers falling like spooked me as a kid, but also Aww. I I think I realized my my difficulty with it now is related to like depth perception. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, like it gets a little murky sort with me sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, but I've played Jenga a little bit now, more now in my adult years and I'm, I'm getting over it, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I have definitely read like lots of interesting stuff that is out there about like accessibility and dread, you know, like anybody who mm -hmm. has tremors or like anybody who just for whatever reason, like left like having depth perception or whatever, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's just not going to be an accessible game for them. And that's mm -hmm. why that's a bummer. Although, if, although interestingly, like Epidia included, uh, dice rules in, in the original version of Dread. Yeah. I, I've heard some, some cool takes on dice rules for the Jenga tower yeah. that I like a lot. Yeah. Which is, that sounds like a fun math problem, I guess, if you like math too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's, there's ways to play with that. I, it's something that I do think about. Like, I want everyone to enjoy it. But also, I know that you can't make a game for everyone. But also, like, yeah. that's such a crummy thing to be... Ex like, if if it's not for you because you don't want to play about, about, like, romance and sexuality, mm. um, I would almost say that you can still do that. You can still make relationships that aren't the relationships that they want. But anyway, mm -hmm. but that's a long conversation. <laughs> um, but, like, I would... I, I wouldn't want someone because of like having different abilities to not play my game. Like that seems kind of crummy. So I think my yeah. thing is like, even if you don't think you're good at Jenga, uh, maybe is, is there a way for you to still have a good time? So like, even if the tower falls really early, is it still a satisfying mm -hmm. game in some way? Um, mm. So I, so I think about that and I'm, I'm doing my best with that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Is that something that you like when you're doing play testing? Do you keep track of like how long the tower stays up? Uh, yes, not as scientifically mathematically as I definitely could because it's like an objective measurable number. Uh, but Ooh, but I keep an eye okay. on it, and uh, yeah. I also like try to tell if okay people whose games went on for a really long time what was their experience like versus people whose games didn't last very long? What did they feel like? And something mm -hmm. that I'm very happy about is that like being better at Jenga doesn't guarantee you a better game. In fact, mm. almost the opposite, not the complete opposite, but there have yeah. been a very small number of games that just wouldn't end because both people were insanely good at Jenga. <laughs> So yeah. they they had done like thirty pulls or something, and someone just knocked it over because you can voluntarily oh knock it over if you want. Yeah. Um, 
which just gives you a particular ending. Uh, but so yeah, so somebody just knocked it over because they were like, yeah, the story was just really dragging on and it kind of didn't really go anywhere. Mm. So that was interesting. Mm. And then I've had, uh, in fact, one of the very first uh, play tests of tension ended ridiculously early. They they'd been playing for like twenty minutes and it knocked over. And those two people mm. still talk about that game and they want to they live on opposite sides of the continent um mm. so they haven't been able to play again together and they still like every time i cool. see either of them they're like oh my god that one session of tension oh i just want to play those two characters again uh. they didn't get a chance you know oh. so so that makes me really happy like okay if you know if you're not super confident in your jenga skills and you knock mm. it over really early maybe you that will just make you want to play again which is great that yeah. makes me feel great as a, a designer for sure oh that's cool a attention campaign <laughs> with these two <laughs> characters who just can't get it together i love it oh has anything come up in playtesting that like really surprised you that is a really good question megan um i can think of one particular setup that really blew my mind. Uh, so I, I think I alluded to earlier, like usually the tension at play is either sort of romantic and sexual feelings. Um, mm -hmm. and, and people kind of go towards one, one of either kind of end of that spectrum. Like I've heard of really, really like super wholesome games where it was just like, oh, these two are crushing on each other, but they can't do anything about it. Um, mm -hmm. to like, the just most absolute like sexy games um <laughs> you know where it's like it, it's a vampire and a werewolf and they're just fighting mm -hmm. and they've got their fangs out and you know they're just oh i i'm realizing now i'm doing a lot of like shoulder movements as i'm describing this <laughs> you can't see. but you know what i mean right it's really over the top mm -hmm. and they're very much like talking about their lust for each other um but there was one play test where the situation that they came up with was there was this, this is going to take a minute. There was, okay. So there's this planet that's kind of like the trill mm -hmm. in Star Trek. Hell yes. Yeah. So they have like this host uh, species and parasite mm -hmm. species, but the host mm -hmm. species was dying off due to this like massive plague. And so people from the parasite species sent people out like across the galaxy to go to new planets and find potential new host species that they might have like a good relationship with. So mm -hmm. the story of tension of, of this tension game was one of those parasites gets to earth and finds this guy. And uh, when you have the parasite, you are sort of like physically enhanced in a bunch of ways. Like you live longer and you are like stronger and whatever. Um, so he was, um, terminally ill and had like a few years or a few months to live maybe. And so she was like, Hey, I'm this parasite. Um, I'm in your brain right now, but I will totally leave. But just so you know, if you're okay, I can stay here. And then you will like add a few years to your life and, uh, not feel quite as sick anymore. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm just here to kind of find out what it's like. And then I have to go back and like report to my like home species. So he decided that he would let her stay there. And it was just supposed to be this like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm just here for the sort of physical benefits. And she was like, I'm just here to make a report. But the two of them, I like, I want to say fell in love. Yeah, yeah, they fell in love and they would just communicate like through dreams and like through these like little bodily things and like they could kind of talk to each other but not exactly and she could like kind of read his thoughts and they had all this like negotiation about him being like no you have to stop doing that if we're going to be closer like that's not our kind of relationship that i can have with you and so their the tension of their relationship was just that they loved each other but they truly didn't know what to do with that like she had she didn't know that that was that something that you could happen Obviously, he didn't know that this was something that could happen. And it was like, well, if we're in love with each other, like, what do we even do with that? What is what what does that relationship even look like? It was it was amazing. It, it, it was just oh such God. a it was such a mind blowing, like, really cool, really compelling um, and and kind of gripping like sci fi romance. 
yeah, I want to watch this movie mm-hmm. or read this book or this. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so that was a game that really like opened. Like I think almost every game kind of kind of um, is is something that I would not have thought of, right? Because people are amazing mm-hmm. wells of infinite creativity. But certain ones like that just make me go like I can't believe that people can do that. Like it, it just opens my mind to so many possibilities that people could take. Oh, that's so cool. I know. And that like I just I just have to talk about that play test all the time because it just gets at what the game is really about, which is like not just relationships that are not allowed or that are not permitted, which definitely mm-hmm. it's about that, but like it's about relationships that just feel impossible, right? Relationship that just feel like I even yeah. if this could be, I don't know what it would be. Um, because yeah, like that's a real thing. That's a real thing in life. Like I, I, I know people I've spoken to people who, t- who talk to me about like relationships that they want to have, but they're like, not, not just, you know, Oh, but our parents would get, like, not just some Romeo and Juliet shit where it's like, Oh, but our parents mm-hmm. would get mad. Like that's not that complex. Um, you know, I want to just, yeah you know, I want to tell stories about people who are like, yeah, I really love that person. But if I told them that, then these other 15 things would completely fall apart, you know, or if we were together, I don't know if I could do anything else in my life that was important to me or like, or yeah, just the straight up, like, I can't picture that. I think I want it, but Mm. I can't picture it, you know, which is something Mm. that I hear from like queer folks a lot. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't know. There, there's, yeah, people people take it in some extremely interesting directions. Thank you for that question, Megan. That was such a good question. <laughs> it was really scary at first, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, it's it's one of my favorite questions. Mm-hmm. I love hearing because, like, when you bring it, when you have a game, you have these, like, you don't know what players are going to do with it, but you kind of have an idea. Like, you have some expectations for what's going to come out of playtesting. Mm-hmm. But players will totally break your shit or take it in, you know, to Mars yep. or, you know, like they, they do things. <laughs> and I am, I just love hearing what players do to things. It makes me so happy because all of the stories are always so cool yeah. or so like, yeah, like, oh, I never would have thought of that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, this made me take a whole new look at my game kind of like, yeah, yeah, I just. I love, I love it. I love hearing all about it. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, the, the other answer to that question is when someone played the first time, I should say that someone played mm-hmm. just fan fiction with it. Like they just did slash mm-hmm. fic. Um, yeah. These two guys played mm-hmm. like Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that had never occurred. It seems so obvious in retrospect, but like it had never occurred mm-hmm. to me. And it was such a good situation because this was like two guys who had never met each other at a con. <laughs> I love it. It was very good. Um, and uh, so I think they wanted like that. They definitely wanted to play the game and they played it like, oh, they they did not hold back. But I think there mm-hmm. was that little bit of kind of campy, you know, fictional kind yeah. of uh, uh, buffer space, right? By, by using yes. an existing thing. And it was also kind of just a shortcut, right? Um, to thinking about, okay, what, who are these characters? What's their world? Um, so they say the test of any system is whether or not it can play Star Wars, right? So I feel, I feel like we got that out of the way. I was very happy about that. That's, oh my God. I've, I don't think I've heard that. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it. about it. Any any system can play Star Wars, but but how mm. well can it play Star Wars? Mm. Oh, that's, mm, that's a whole new uh, criteria I'm mm-hmm. going to have to use in the future when evaluating games so (laughs) so i do want to talk a little bit about kind of how tension evolved from the beginning Mm -hmm. just like like taking a a look at at what you actually did with it so like i mentioned i haven't actually played dread but i am i am somewhat familiar with it and it is my understanding that for the most part you are like it's horror scenarios Mm -hmm. and depending on what you want to do you pull x number of bricks right and then the tower falls or it doesn't and, you're, and you keep going. And so when tension first started, was that pretty much the same? Yeah. Um, so certain things I knew had to, I knew pretty early on 
had to go. Like I, I couldn't even think of it when I really sat down with it. Like, okay, could this be a playset? Oh shoot, no, it can't. Um, so there's certain things oh, I knew okay. had to go. I really wanted it to be a two player game. At this point, I had played a couple of two player games like uh, Shelter by Sarah Williamson and 183 Days by uh, Sarah Williamson and James Stewart and a couple of others that were like just kind of beautiful enough to make me go like, oh, there's a certain kind of experience you can have when it's just the two of you. And mm -hmm. I want that. <laughs> I, I want that dynamic. Um, so I knew I had to get rid of the GM because I knew I wanted it to mm. be about two, two people. So I said, okay, the GM role is gone. So at first I... I, I wanted it to still be kind of competitive. And so the really, really early play test, which um, I was dating someone at the time who I played a, like a lot of two player role playing games with. So I would kind of just like grab them at certain times and be like, Hey, Oh, oh I just thought of something like, and bust out the tower and be like, Hey, let's pull some bricks. Just go, go with this. Um, which th those were very, very useful early uh, frantic sessions. Um, so I would be like, okay, we are, you know, X, Y, Z. And early on, I think I had some sense of like competition, you know? So mm -hmm. like, um, maybe like I'm a, you're a demon and I'm summoning you and we're both trying to like, not, we're both trying to maintain the the control of that situation or whatever you're trying mm -hmm. to break free and I'm trying to use your magic powers or what, you know, whatever it was. Um, so I, I, it was kind of competitive at first which like trying to get the other one to crack. Yeah, exactly. Like no you. So, and what's funny is that's kind of stayed there a little bit, right? Because whoever touched the tower last when it falls acts on their feelings. Mm. Um, so in a sense, Oh my God, I've never, Oh no, this is bad, but there's kind of a winner and a loser actually. Like one person knocks it over, but people just don't tend to care. Like they kind of forget yeah. instantly and they laugh and then they're like, whatever. And they're just excited to, talk about what that means. Um, so at the, but at the beginning it was like very competitive. Uh, but what my partner at the time just kept saying was like, well, why, I, well, I'm, I'm just going to ask them out. I, well, why don't I just do this? Why don't we just like get together? <laughs> and so we became super, super, super clear very early on that, okay, it needs to be about people who can't. Cause if it's just a two player game with a Jenga tower about people who are into each other, like, mm -hmm. It goes against everything that I believe to just not just knock over that tower and be like, let's talk about our feelings. Like, you know, it seems so unhealthy um, to, to dance around things. So I, so that's where they, okay, you need to come up with a reason why you can't. And in, in the text as it is today, you, that is actually something you spend a lot of time on both as uh, like together. And then individually you come up with a reason why you are really attached to not doing this, right? So it can't just be, I'm a Capulet and she's a, the other Romeo and Juliet <laughs> thing, Montague. Um, mm -hmm. You have to then spend some time with it and be like, okay, yes, I'm a Capulet. But also like, you know, this is about more than just my parents saying, no, I am actually very attached to my family or like, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, and so you have to come up with a really strong personal reason. And that tends to get kind of bleedy in my experience and people yeah. tend to reach a little bit of a, oh, this is actually kind of wrong. Not completely wrong, but kind of maybe a little bit, you know, kind of a gray area morally. Mm -hmm. So when you've gotten there, you've, that's, the, that's the meat. That's the good stuff. That's where you need to stay. Um, so, so that, that, that happened really early. And so then it became not just, not just feelings, you know, mm -hmm. a romance Jenga, it became really like, will they or won't they, or, can they yeah. or can't they? Um, and then I wanted to make the two player roles different. And I guess around then I played Hot Guys Making Out, which is a mm -hmm. game by Ben Lehman that has this interesting, um, he's trying to, he reproduces the the yaoi dynamic of like semi-uke, uh, mm. like basically top and bottom. Um, and so I was thinking like, oh, do, do I want to have like top and bottom? Uh, those are kind of, those are build loaded. Um, but, yeah. uh, but I'm super into, um, swing dancing, if you didn't know. And mm -hmm. what you do swing, swing dancing is to have like a lead and a follow. And it's the same in like lots of partnered dancing, you know, tango and, um, and whatever. 
So I thought, okay, well, a lead and a follow, I learned when I was learning dancing. It's not about, you know, one having more power or less power. It's just about giving yourselves different roles creates a more interesting dynamic. Uh, so I thought, okay, well, then I want to steal that. And I wasn't sure if it would stick. Um, and it's not always completely 100% intuitive to people if they haven't danced. If uh, if they've done any kind of partner dancing, they're like, oh, right. But um, but otherwise, it, it takes bit more explanation in the text to just say that there is a kind of advantage to having one one person in the dynamic who is putting stuff out there and another person who is responding to it mm -hmm. right and one person who is asserting and one person who is receiving and that's not about active and passive it really is about like a sort of an, uh, and like assertion and receptivity um yeah. and one person kind of putting their swing on thing uh, their spin on things and and two different kinds of power being more interesting. So that kind of went through a couple of different forms and changes and everything. And then probably the other really, really, <laughs> um, I, I went to a workshop on, uh, LARP sex mechanics mm. with, Kat Jones and Mo Turkington, who are both uh, uh, brilliant LARP rights. And uh, they talked about a couple of different ways that, that LARPers, LARP designers, symbolize intimacy in their games. Because in, uh, in tabletop, I think it's relatively easy to either fade to black, you know, cut to yeah. the fireplace, or even if you're just narrating, even if you're like relatively explicitly narrating things, <laughs> that's still very different than you're in a live action situation mm -hmm. um, where it's like, okay, well, <laughs> so, uh, so there's lots of different ways of still having that content, which can be really interesting uh, in, and still be embodying things and still be representing things uh, in a, in a physical way, but without, you know, having sex. <laughs> so, uh, so I got to learn about all these different kind of super interesting tech, uh, like meta techniques for symbolizing these two characters are having sex and, and here's how, and here's what it, uh, is like for them. And here's what it means narratively for these two characters to have had sex. Um, so I, I won't go into all of them, but one of them they mentioned, which is from just a little loving, um, is, is called the phallus method where there it's um it's a larp that takes place in like new york gay culture in the late 70s so um oh, yeah. so the, yeah anyway so in the game there's all these just like phallic objects hanging around and not necessarily dildos you can use anything i heard someone used a granola bar once um you just need something that's sort of phallic where then, um, so, I mean, first of all, there's a meta negotiation where you step out of character for a moment, say what you kind of want the scene to be like, um, and how you would kind of like it to end and, and what you think your character is thinking and that kind of thing. Um, but then, and then you jump back into character and you sort of symbolically, like if you can, I don't, I mean, it's not completely an interpretive dance, but sort of symbolically act out the scene between the two of them but you're both focusing your energy and actions on this object. So this phallic object, even if both of your characters are, are cis women, you know, regardless of who, of who has what, you both just kind of pick this third inanimate thing to like absorb the energy of that uh, scene. Um, and that way it's like, okay, cool. This is totally in keeping with the theme of the game. And this is like a scene that everyone's consented to, but just to make sure let's have this like amulet to just like suck all of the, suck all yeah. the energy out of the scene and just like keep it. And then we'll just put it back on the shelf where we found it. Uh, so it's totally brilliant. Um, so yes. And I saw it demonstrated in anything and everything. And I was like, Oh, that, that makes perfect sense in that context. So, uh, the, so tension does not use the phallus method, but it did get me thinking of, okay, so if this is going to be a game that maybe like brings out some feelings for people, in what way can the tower be an opportunity to express certain things, but also kind of absorb some of the feelings, right? So mm -hmm. if it's kind of sitting between you on the table, you know, you're both going to be touching it, right? You don't touch mm -hmm. each other during this game. 
you're, you're, you both touch the tower. So that got me thinking about a couple of different rules about how people touch the tower and when, including the dialogue rule, which is if your character wants to speak, that's fine. You can speak on your turn, uh, but you have to be touching the tower, um, which creates this lovely, lovely thing where early on in the game, people are just chatting away, right? They're just chirping back and forth like old friends. But then mm -hmm. as the tower gets more and more and more precarious and it's scarier and scarier and scarier to touch, suddenly there's just like, you know, these like little whispered phrases and these really hesitant, you know, people are being as parsimonious with their words as possible. And it just works so well. It just adds so much to the story that just like people are just afraid to talk to each other where, you know, people are like, I, I can't even be in the same room as them anymore. Oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed <laughs> my feelings. Which is lovely because that was something that I'd noticed about games that I think do romance really well, like um, like Kagamatsu, for example, um, mm. where for some reason those games that do romance really well all involve like really constrained speech, just so people can't like talk out their nervousness or something. I don't know. Uh, so I I wanted to limit dialogue, and I also wanted to have this like absorption object and. Uh, and yeah, the tower was really, really great for both of those things. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I was curious about the, the, the process, like what it was like. So <laughs> I'm trying to think if there were other, other strange evolutions. <laughs> Probably there were many. Yeah, that's the nature of game design, I guess. <laughs> so have you, now that you've, you've run this so many times, have you developed any strong feelings on a uh, Jenga tower versus off-brand Jenga tower? I get very excited about all the ways that you can avoid using that copyrighted word. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I say tumbling woodblock tower. Um, mm. And in fact, the very first uh, games of, of tension were played on, on tumbling woodblock towers. Um <laughs> my my off-brand little friends um so yeah jumbling towers uh mm -hmm. tumbling towers jamble jumble i call it jomblo a lot of the time <laughs> um i i, I like strongly that. encourage people to not only seek out but also describe their completely off-brand <laughs> towers um oh something that happened over christmas uh is a bunch of people started tweeting at me their uh their like Christmas presents that were Jenga towers and someone oh. had this one from like MEC. I don't know if you have oh. that in America. Um, but yeah, it was this like hiking Jenga tower. So it came in like this super, it was like a small one and it came in like this really durable like pouch for travel, which oh I'm God. like, I think is I have a beautiful, beautiful Jenga tower is given to me by a very good friend. And it is like absolutely gorgeous to the point where I almost feel like I shouldn't travel with it. So I was really kind of a little bit jealous of this like kind of rough and tumble, like hiking Jenga tower. Um, and also amazed at the person who was going hiking and then like just bust out. Just, yeah. yeah just, like plays a tumble and tower game. That's kind of cool. And that's hardcore. Yeah. So if you go into the woods, if you climb a mountain and then play tension, it is pretty crucial that you tell me about that, by the way, I, I'm, I really need to know. And I, I really hope that you do play like two people like climbing a summit or something. And it's like, we can't give it, we, we have to conserve our energy. We have to, yes. you know, we can't give into our feelings. <laughs> oh my God. It's perfect. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Some left hand of darkness type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. And let's see. I think Senda at She's a Super Geek just put out their tension episode. Yes. So we'll that's right. Part one. Part one just came out. I'm Ooh, really excited nice. about that. Um, that was that was a great episode, and it's one where I facilitate uh, mm -hmm. again, which is completely unnecessary, and I just do for fun uh, and and to mm -hmm. make things go faster, right? Um, just so people don't have to reference the rules, and I can answer questions really quickly, and they can stay in it. But yeah, that was so much fun to do. Senda and Phil were amazing, and. Uh, they did a really cool kind of programmer AI, really strange thing <laughs> that, that I, I really liked. I think it, it turned out really awesome. 
Oh, good. So cool. That'll give heroes a chance to experience the game a little bit before Kickstarter. Oh, Kickstarter is coming so soon. It's in April. I mean, we're putting, you know, putting finishes, finishing touches on text right now. We're making some marketing decisions. Like, um, like it's not going to be called tension. This is the big announcement, by the way. <laughs> but, like, it cannot be called tension. Like, there's already, like, two games called that, and one of them is a registered trademark. Um, it's, it's what I called it when I was, like, making a hack of Dread. Um, so we're going to call it something probably, like, marketable instead. Uh, and, like, Googleable, maybe? Mm-hmm. We're probably going to call it something mm-hmm. that you can find with Google. And okay. uh, so, yeah, so we're doing, doing that. I have an illustrator who I'm talking to who I... I I can't talk about yet and I'm dying because they are so perfect for the project. I'm going to die. And uh, yeah, so it's like, it's so funny. It feels like design takes forever. Design takes just years and years and years in the indie space. And now all of the actual production of like getting everything into layout, getting art into the layout, getting the layout into like a physical actual book. That's maybe even going to be in like a, box and the box will have art on it. It'll be beautiful. And you can buy it in a store. Like all of that part is just, it's just feels like a whirlwind right now. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yay. So cool. Yeah. I know. I'm just so excited. <laughs> it's really exciting. Alex, I'm so proud of you. Aww. This is so cool. Megan, thank you. That means a lot to me. I, um, yeah, thank you. I feel like you were one of the people early on who was like, no, do it. When I was like, Hey, I have this really dumb idea. It's really bad, right? Everybody told me to not do it. And yeah, some people didn't, oh God. didn't oblige no. me. No, no. That's the, okay. I love our community, but no one will ever tell you not to do a thing. And if, and if you, and if you whisper under your breath, man, someone should do XYZ, yep. 14 people will come out of the woodwork and be like, yo, you do XYZ. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Why, why don't you just do it? Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, Damn it, all of you. <laughs> yeah. How dare you be so supportive? Like, I know everyone just like, oh, like I, this is, it's so weird to, for, for me to think of like writing a thanks to page. But like when I think of the number of people who I would have to like say thank you to, you know, like I've had so many amazing playtesters who have all contributed so much and like so much encouragement from so many people. And like it's, mind-blowing like i just i don't know where to start or end when it comes to the support that i've had from from so many different other people like even right now i'm trying to tell myself not to start saying names because if i start it'll just be another hour of me being like and then this person was really nice to me and then that person was really nice to me but like that's the development process for me i don't know well Folks will have to buy the game to read all the cool <laughs> to people. To read the first volume <laughs> of Thank You. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this... uh, Kickstarter in April. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be good. Awesome. Is there anything else that we should know about tension that isn't really going to be called tension, but will be Tumbling Towers tension or whatever <laughs> it is? Uh, codename tension. Uh, follow me on Twitter, I guess, if you want to know like the real name uh, when yeah. it drops. Uh, when I drop that, that hot name, and mm-hmm. no, other than that, like I, I feel like I have talked about it at length, uh, <laughs> to a, to an embarrassing degree, and so no, I'm I'm quite done. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, where can we find you online? <laughs> um, you can go to helloalexroberts.com to just find like everything that I'm up to. Uh, if you're on Twitter, I'm at muscular pikachu, uh, mm-hmm. and if you want to find out about the game specifically. Uh, if you go to bullypulpitgames.com, that's Bully Pulpit Games. They made Fiasco mm-hmm. and The Warren and Night Witches and lots of other cool stuff. Uh, they're the ones who are publishing it. So uh, you should like join their newsletter and follow them on Twitter and everything. Because uh, that's, yeah, that's the hot, hot news first is through those folks. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And we'll have all those links. And thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Seriously. Oh my gosh. This has been awesome. Like to get interviewed mm. about my game. It feels, yeah, it feels so yeah. cool. Thank you. Oh, how the tables have turned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Huge thanks again to Alex for being on the show. Check her out over at Backstory and find her other links in the show notes. 
I've also added links for the She's a Super Geek playthrough of Tension with Senda and Phil, so check that out too. That's it for this week, heroes. You can find Modifier mostly on Twitter at Modifier Podcast. We also have a Tumblr, Facebook, and G+, with varying levels of upkeep success, all under the same Modifier Podcast name. You can email me directly with questions, comments, or show suggestions at modifierpodcast at gmail.com. Modifier is a proud member of the OneShot Podcast Network, an incredible family of RPG podcasts that include shows like OneShot, Campaign, Backstory, Adventure, Neoscum, System Mastery, and Talking Tabletop. Backstory is an ongoing series of interviews with some of the most compelling voices in the RPG and LARP community. Designers, organizers, scholars, and other fascinating folks join your host, Alex Roberts, for a deep dive into their current projects and visions for the future of role-playing. Find out more about all these shows at OneShotPodcast.com. Modifier's theme music was created by my favorite Bothan, Cat Greenfield, whose myriad talents are on display at CatGreenfield.com. Join me again in two weeks for another episode of Modifier. See you then. <laughs>